When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, it's my team selection for game week 23. So as always, I'm going to run through the team for next week, show you how it's looking and how I'm going to use my two free transfers. And I'll also run through how I did in game week 22. So if you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already, and let's get into it. All right, let's start with game week 22. And I hate to say it, but I don't really hate to say it, but I feel like I've been on repeat the last few game weeks. It was another good week for me. I finished on 67 points. I was 45k going into game week 22. Now I'm 30k. And to jump 15,000 places when you're already in the top 100k in one week is decent. So it was a good game week. Uh, it's my 12th green arrow of the last 14 weeks. I don't know when this run is going to stop, but I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts, right? At some point, the red arrows are coming. But for now, they're just green all the way. And obviously, hopefully, that will be the same in game week 23, which we'll talk about in a minute. For this week, the attack was great. The defense was awful. So Ariola conceded again last night, as he always does, finished on three points. It didn't make a huge amount of difference because Dubravka was on my bench anyway. He also got three points. My defense, Trent, Gabriel, and Porro, all those attacking players playing for pretty decent defensive teams for the most part anyway, got four points between them. So Trent won, Gabriel two, Porro one. It just wasn't a great week for defenders in general. But the attack, Everyone returned apart from Cole Palmer. And the funny thing is about that game, I didn't watch Chelsea versus Liverpool. I was watching mostly Man City that night because the games were on kind of at the same time. And when those other games finished, so Spurs and Man City, I tried to switch to Liverpool-Chelsea and the app wouldn't work. My Sky Dish needs to be realigned, so I'm having to watch on my phone. It just wouldn't work. And I saw the penalty shouts on Twitter and I thought, at least one of those is probably a penalty. But I didn't think about it too much more. And then the next day, I suddenly realized I had Chelsea's penalty taker. So at the time, I was thinking, okay, Chelsea should have had a penalty, whatever. The next day, I'm thinking, should have had more points. So maybe Palm was a little bit unlucky in that respect, but whatever, right? We've had a lot of points from him uh, in recent game weeks. And then elsewhere, Saka, 10 points. If you count the assist that he should have had for Gabriel against Crystal Palace, that's now three game weeks in a row that he's returned. But the way people talk about him is though he's this terrible FPL player. So to come away with a 10-pointer just as everyone's getting really frustrated with him talking about selling him, is excellent. Uh, and he's not going to go anywhere for my team anytime soon. My transfer room was Foden for Salah. He got an assist, finished on six points. And then in the end, I switched my captaincy armband, which I talked about doing in the team selection video last week, from Alvarez to Richarlison. Now, in the end, Richarlison scored and got seven points. So it wasn't like a captaincy blank. But obviously, Alvarez got two goals, and he got them so early on as well. I was a bit gutted that I moved the armband, but look, it is what it is. It's a six-point mistake. At least Richarlison didn't blank. So Alvarez finished on 13, Watkins 7, and Solanke 8. So most of my attackers, apart from Palmer, chipped in with decent points. 67 was 
really good this week a 15,000 rank rise i'm almost in the top 30k top 10 uh, top 10k i should say is getting closer and closer let's talk about how we're going to get there so going into game week 23 i've still got two free transfers for most of the recent game weeks i've just been making one transfer and then rolling the other one for more and more information i've got very lucky with injuries and stuff like that so i've been able to do that but obviously as we get closer to double game week 25 i'll eventually have to use both of them and then i've got 8.8 million in the bank which as you might expect is earmarked to bring Erlen Haaland back in. Now before I make any major decisions with this team and use both of those free transfers, there's really three bits of information that I'm waiting for. One is the status of Erling Haaland. I'm sure he's fine, right? But I might as well wait to hear from Pep Guardiola just in case there was a negative reaction or something like that after the Burnley game. I'm sure he'll be fine. I'm sure he'll be in my team for game week 23. The second bit is something we're not going to get until before game week 24. So between 23 and 24 in the midweek, the FA Cup fourth round replays will happen and we'll know who goes throughout a Villa and Chelsea. That will have a knock-on effect for game week 29 and also my chip strategy as well. Um, and the other thing is double game week 25. It still hasn't been announced for Liverpool versus Luton, which is what everyone is expecting to go into 25. And if it doesn't, that has a knock-on effect about how many Liverpool players I might need, probably to the point where I just don't need them at all. Because although Burnley at home is good, no double in 25, a blank in 26, and then, I don't know, not awful fixtures, but not great fixtures afterwards, means I probably don't need to prioritise them. Now, the fixture gurus like uh, Ben Cradding, James on Planet FPL, they're still expecting Liverpool versus Luton to happen, but they are kind of saying it needs to be announced today, because if it's not... It gets less and less likely that it's going to happen. There was also some chatter last night on Twitter that Bournemouth versus Luton could go into game week 25. Now, I'm a bit sceptical about that because there's no rush to get that fixture replayed. It would make way more sense to do Liverpool versus Luton, but obviously that could have a knock-on effect as well. So there's no way I'm making any transfers until at least Friday night once we've got as much information today. But in terms of the actual team, just to get onto that, Defence, I've got Ariola against Man United away, Dubravka against Luton at home in goal. So obviously I'm playing Dubravka. There's no real um, question marks around that. My defence looks pretty bad, into, on paper at least, because of the fixtures. So Trent against Arsenal away, obviously didn't start the last game. Um, Gabriel against Liverpool at home, and then Porro against Everton away. I'm not expecting any clean sheets from those defenders. And on the bench, I've got Saliba, who obviously has Liverpool away, uh, sorry, Liverpool at home as well. And then Charlie Taylor, who's currently flagged. Now, if Charlie Taylor had been fully fit for the last few weeks and was definitely going to start against Fulham, I'd probably play him ahead of Gabriel. But there's no guarantee of that. And we're not going to know from Vincent Company because he never gives that kind of information as, uh, away. So for now, Charlie Taylor is kind of third on my bench with an orange flag. I don't think I'm making a defender transfer because the question would be, who would I even bring in? And if you look at the fixtures this week where there's possible clean sheets, I mean, one that sticks out a lot is Newcastle versus Luton and potentially I could bring in Kieran Trippier there's a lot of money in the bank I could go for someone like Dan Byrne who's nice and cheap but I don't know if I'm massively worried about having a Newcastle defender after this week and so I think if you've got them great you definitely play them against Luton at home but I don't think I need to bring them in if we knew for sure that Villa were going to play in game week 29 I could look to bring in someone like Konza because he's got Sheffield United away this week and then they play in game week 29, which could be useful later. But as I've just mentioned, I need to wait until game week 24 before we have that information absolutely confirmed. And it might be that Aston Villa aren't playing that week and it's Arsenal versus Chelsea instead. So I don't really want to make 
too many defender moves. I mean, I guess if if the Bournemouth versus Luton game went into game week 25 and they were going to double, then I might consider bringing in like a new goalkeeper like Neto, for example, against Nottingham Forest at home. But there's not really a need to rush that decision either because I've got Debravka against Luton at home. So I, I don't see me making any defender moves. I guess I've just got to get through this week and hope that it's damage limitation. And those defenders will be in a lot of people's teams anyway. Like if you look at Trent in 24, it's Burnley at home, more than happy to play him. Pedro Porritz, Brighton at home, then Wolves at home, more than happy to play him in both of those games. And with Arsenal, um, it's West Ham away and Burnley away after Liverpool at home, more than happy to play those defenders in those games. There's not really a mad rush to bring in a new defender, despite what my backline looks like this week and the other player of course um who i haven't mentioned is kyle walker right to bring him in against brentford away that would probably be better than gabriel this week but is he going to start after what happened last week and being on the bench against bernie i suspect he probably will but he's not a good enough fpl option for me to rush into that decision if i need to bring harlan into my team anyway i can just do that with one of my two free transfers and just roll the other one again so I would like a different defence this week, but I don't think there's really anyone I want to buy outside of Newcastle, and I'm not sure there's a lot of sense right now in doing that. So I'm probably going to play Dubravka in goal, Trent against Arsenal, Gabriel against Liverpool, and Pedro Pora against Everton, and just hope for a bunch of attacking returns. So the advantage to having sold Salah last week while also owning good value players like Palmer and Gordon is there's a lot of money to go around, which lets you build your overall squad to be a bit better. The disadvantage with that is you've got to make tough benching decisions sometimes. And that's what I have with my attackers this week. And currently, first bench is Phil Foden, who I've only just bought in last week for the Burnley at home game. And ahead of him in midfield, I'm playing Richarlison against Everton away, Gordon against Luton at home, Palmer against Wolves at home, and Saka against Liverpool at home. And I'm just not sure I can bench any of them. And lots of people are going to look at my team and say, well, you definitely can't bench Foden. And I kind of agree with you, but which of those midfielders can I bench? Originally, going into this game week, I was thinking about benching Anthony Gordon. He's got such a good fixture on paper, I don't think I can do that. Richarlison, while Son is away, I'm still convinced he's going to be on penalties. His goal threat is much higher than Foden as well. He's definitely going to play. His minutes are decent. Palmer, similar, right? Minutes great, definitely going to play on penalties. And then Saka is an interesting one because... On paper, Liverpool at home, you would say, is probably harder than Brentford away, but you know he's definitely going to start. And I also think the 10 points will sway people's decision on that. Now, I would have played him either way, but I think if he blanked again, everyone will be looking at my team thinking, why are you playing Saka ahead of Foden? But now, the landscape, the landscape has kind of changed a little bit. Arsenal are at home as well, and there's a chance if Arsenal do get a penalty, he's going to take it. Whereas with Foden, there's definitely no penalties. And there's not even a guarantee that he will start. If I had to bet, he probably will. But obviously, Haaland getting back to fitness, De Bruyne getting minutes as well. We've already seen Foden out on the right. Is there a chance that Pep Guardiola takes him out of the team for this game? There's always that chance because he's a Man City player, right? And that's always the kind of worry in the back of my mind. Now, some people might say, well, why did you buy him? But I talked about this last week. He was basically the best of a bad bunch in that he had Bernie at home. He's got a double game week coming up. And there wasn't really too many other midfielders that I felt that I needed in game week 22, right? Liverpool players, I just felt like I could wait a little bit longer to make that decision. So I'm not happy about Benjamin Foden, but I think it makes the most sense. If you if you disagree with that, let me know in the comments below and the reasons why. Um, in terms of those four other midfielders I've mentioned, no real issues 
with any of them right now in terms of future plans and any thoughts to get rid of them. I've already spoken this week about Richardson. I think his minutes are probably being underrated a little bit. I'm pretty sure he's first choice number nine, even when Song comes back. I'm still expecting him in that first 11. And also, why would Aaron Postacoglu change it? He's on seven goals in seven games. And yes, Werner's played very well on the left, but that is kind of Son's position when he comes back. So I think Werner will be the one to miss out. Or maybe Ange Postacoglu will take uh, Johnson or Kulisewski off the right and maybe play Werner there in some games. I don't know. I do think that Richarlison becomes a slightly worse option when Son is back because it's just another attacker to add to the mix. So overall minutes will go down. I just don't see any reason to sell him anytime soon. And even with that blank in 26, we know he definitely plays in 29. Anthony Gordon, Harvey Barnes is going to be back at some point. I don't think it's going to make a huge amount of difference to his minutes either. And then with Palmer and Saka, there's no there's no need to make a rash decision and get rid of them because they may well play in game week 29 as well. So again, I'm waiting for that information next week to decide what to do because if the Arsenal game was possibly going to be off in 29, maybe Saka to Jota in a few weeks is a good move. But there's no need to do that this week because I would say Jota's got um, a more difficult... Um, a more difficult fixture. The other thing as well, similar to the defenders is, which midfielders do I not own that I really need? Like Eze did really well last week, but he's currently flagged. So it's a more difficult fixture this week against Brighton away. There's no other Newcastle midfielders. Same with Aston Villa. Like the player you want really is Ollie Watkins. Like Douglas Louise, maybe for game week 29, if Villa are definitely playing that week. But again, no need to make that decision this week. Um, Man United, like Rashford's now return for the last four games that he's played he's in good form is there any need to bring him in this week not really right and i don't want another man city midfielder so i'm kind of in a i'm almost in like a holding pattern where i want to make as few decisions as possible while rolling my transfer as many times as possible until i absolutely need to get rid of some of these players and i'm open to it right i'm open to selling Saka and richarlison but only when the time is right so at the moment foden's bench i'm playing richarlison gordon palmer and Saka, and just hoping that is the right move and then up front i've got alvarez against brentford away watkins against sheffield united away and solanke against nottingham forest at home and as i mentioned earlier there's 8.8 .8 million in the bank that money is earmarked for erling Haaland, and i can't see any reason not to bring him into my team this week i always felt that he would get minutes off the bench the first game back and then start the next game so i'm still thinking that's what's going to happen unless pep guardiola put serious doubts on that in the press conference later today then he will be my transfer in that is also helped by the fact i don't really have any other transfers to make and i've got two frees so i've got to use one of them so harlan will be coming in i guess if later on there's doubts about him starting and the bournemouth versus luton double gets announced for game week 25 which we're not expecting. But if it does, I could do like Charlie Taylor to Doughty and prepare for that double. I probably wouldn't play him this week because he's away to Newcastle. But I could make a move like that and then roll. But that doesn't feel that exciting. The bigger decision is who to sell out of my three forwards because forward spots at the moment are quite valuable. You only get three of them, of course. Um, I think I've got to sell Alvarez, right? Solanke has got good fixtures, absolutely nailed. Watkins, good fixtures, absolutely nailed. Plus may play in game week 29. Um, if uh chelsea beat villa in the fa cup and if he does play in 29 then i would definitely need to keep him for that if i'm not looking to use my free hit so it's got to be alvarez there is part of me sat here thinking what if we've all got the minutes wrong and man city players and alvarez continues to play even with De Bruyne and Haaland back to fitness and obviously if one of those players 
got a reoccurrence of the injury. Alvarez minutes would go right back up. He's got a double right round the corner. I could just keep hold of him because I've got Foden and Alvarez. I can easily get Haaland as well. That would be my triple up. I don't see me going for Edison or a Man City defender unless Kyle Walker starts the next two, and I'm confident he'll continue after that. So I have got room to have three City attackers, but I just don't want to sell Watkins or Solanke. That is the problem. Like if Solanke had picked up an injury last night, then maybe I sell him instead. But even then, if Liverpool end up doubling in 25, I would want to bring in Darwin Nunez as well as Erling Haaland. And so Alvarez would still need to go. So there is a scenario where I sell him and he keeps playing. He does really well in a double and I regret it. But I don't think that scenario is... I think it's it's more likely that doesn't happen than it does. I just think it's a possibility. But it's not a strong enough opinion that is going to make me keep hold of Alvarez. So my move will almost certainly be Alvarez to Harden. I think that leaves me at 1.7 in the bank. I can't remember now. I uh, don't know if Harden went up again last night. Let's have a look here. No, still 14 million. Yeah, 1.7 million in the bank. What am I going to do with that? I've got no idea right now. But it does leave me options open like uh, Richarlison to Jota. Gordon not quite to... Uh, sorry. Yeah, Gordon not quite to Jota. I wouldn't have enough money for that. But it wouldn't take much to kind of make that work. So even though I'd have Harlem back, because Salah is still not fit and available, there's a bit of money to go around to upgrade other positions. For what it's worth, even if Salah was available for 25 now and they were doubling, I'm not sure I'd be able to get him in. I think I've I've kind of made my bet at this point that it's either Harlan or Salah. And from what we know, Harlan's going to be available first. And if sorry, and their double is also guaranteed. And it's two home games, Chelsea at home, Brentford at home. That is my triple captain just ready to happen in game week 25. So yeah, that's going to be my move. Alvarez to Haaland, roll the other transfer, wait and see what happens between uh, Villa and Chelsea in the FA Cup, and then start making some more key decisions, hopefully, from next week onwards. If you've enjoyed that video, make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button, rate five stars on podcast, and I will catch you later on for final thoughts. So there's me casually ending the video, talking about my team and all that good stuff. And I open up the video editing software to put it all together. And I realized I hadn't kind of mentioned captaincy at all. Now, I guess it's pretty obvious, right? If I'm bringing in Harlan, I'm probably just going to put the armband on him. But there are lots of options to choose from this week, right? Let's forget about Harlan for a second. I've got Gordon against Luton at home, Palmer against Wolves at home, Saka against Sheffield United away, and Solanke against Forrest at home. Who could all be considered. And I wouldn't completely rule out Richarlison or Saka either. Right now, if I don't bring Haaland in, I'm probably going to captain Watkins because I think on paper, Sheffield United away is probably the best fixture. I know, looking back, Villa didn't do very well against Sheffield United when they played at home. And Villa are obviously very strong at home generally. But I still look at Sheffield United as a team that I want to attack. So I probably would keep it on Watkins. But I don't massively like the fact that he doesn't have penalties and obviously he's listed as a forward as well so palmer against wolves at home is probably my next best option i like gordon as well and if wilson and Isaac aren't fit he'll probably play up front which i don't think is necessarily a major advantage but it's certainly not a disadvantage especially for his minutes um and he could take a penalty i don't think that's likely to happen but it's a possibility so right now it's on watkins i might change to palmer but i think if i bring harland in i do it with the confidence that he's going to start and probably go and get 60 to 70 minutes, and that could be enough. I think there's reasons to potentially doubt the Haaland pick in general, right? Pep might take it easy with him. He might do what he did with De Bruyne and kind of ease him in, put him on the bench again. So there are some risks involved with that. And if you want to go against Haaland, even though he's now back and available, 
this would be a pretty good week to do it because there's some good fixtures around. But for me, I would probably just bring him in and stick the armband on him, mostly because I don't really want to pick from the rest of my players. Anyway, I'm really going to leave it there. That is really the end of the video. I'll catch you later. Sports Social Podcast Network.